Hello and welcome to In This Economy, the podcast where people from Zimbabwe and around the world discuss how they are navigating life in the current economic circumstances with me, your host, Kim Nyajeka. First and foremost, one time for the consistent posting. I'm starting this episode with no explanations, no excuses. We're just going straight into the episode. Personally, I feel good. This is sparking joy. So um, welcome to the platform. And as always, I'm really excited to share this week's episode with you. I sat down with my guest to discuss the economics of job hunting. And as we are at the beginning of the year, that's something a lot of us think of, you know, like our career goals, our professional goals. So I thought to talk to a professional, um, I guess someone with a lot of HR experience, who would know how best to navigate job hunting, both as a Zimbabwean, as a young African, as a black person, as an immigrant, as a woman, you know, we just, we cover a lot in this episode. So I do hope you enjoy it. And as always, I'd love to hear from you. Please do not forget to engage and follow the podcast on social media at In This Economy Podcast on Instagram and follow me, your host, at Kimya Jack on Twitter. And as always, let's let's keep the conversation going. Um, yeah, so that's all by way of intro. Let's get straight into the episode. Okay, so for today's episode, I am joined by my really amazing guest. We've been planning this for a while and finally we've gotten to sit down to talk about the economics of job hunting. So do you want to introduce yourself for the people? Hi, my name is Ellie. I think everyone knows me as Ellie Whip. Um, and I am yeah, a job hunting maven. And I'm here to talk to Kim about it. Yeah, no, she's done my CV and written the cover letter I've used for, I think, 18, 19 job applications at this point. So um, I, I can attest she's very good at what she does. But today we're going to talk about the economics of job hunting, especially being here in Zim. Everyone's always looking to leave. It's kind of hard to like chase a dream career. So I thought it would be interesting to talk to someone who knows a lot about recruitment and just the process of looking for a job, finding a job, chasing your dreams, and whether it's feasible in the current circumstances to put my dreams over money or should I put my salary first like whatever it is so I'm ready to get into it are you ready yes I am all right let's do this okay so from your point of view what is the best way to determine what career or profession will work best for you I think this is a a really involved discussion and we don't have a lot of career guidance in in Zimbabwe and a lot of times you end up doing what your parents want you to do and you don't do something that you want to do. So there's two sides to the story. It's chase your passions or chase the money. And I think in in the current economic situation of Zimbabwe, unfortunately, it's really chase the money and then chase the passion because without that money, you're not going to be able to chase your passions. I feel like that the money that you get from, from your job in Zimbabwe at this present moment in time is what really helps you to chase your passion. So I, I would love to say, you know, follow your dreams and do whatever you want, but you really have to, to look at the jobs. Now, I would say go on Glassdoor and, you know, look look at what people are saying about about their professions, about how much money they earn, which 
which will be completely different to what you earn in Zimbabwe, but at least you, you get a, an, an idea. And also, don't be afraid to ask people. Don't be afraid to ask your, your, your friends, your older siblings, their friends, people who are working, and find out, really, what, 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 are, they, what are they getting in their current jobs. So, for me, I happen to stumble into my current job, and I, I think I've been very lucky. But a lot of times in Zimbabwe, you're not going to be lucky. So I would say, follow, follow the money. It's, it can be really draining, but it will help you eventually get to where you want to get, mm-hmm. to, in terms of your passion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's really interesting because I personally have experienced, you know, working in a functioning country and yeah. getting a good salary, mm. um, but also appreciating that here, that's not really no. possible. Um, and the alternative sometimes is that, oh no, you need to do like multiple things, you need to do even in chasing the money, mm. even if you're not passionate about it, you need to have a side hustle and another hustle and another hustle. Oh, yeah. And that kind of makes even the idea of chasing your dreams even less probable. Oh, yeah. Because even if you do get into your dream situation, are you being compensated for that well? Um, and at the end of it, I feel like not all of us have that entrepreneurial, like, hustler spirit. No. Oh, my gosh, no. So chasing the money, I guess it's the most, it's important, mm. but it's not very simple no. in the current circumstances. It, it, nothing is yeah. simple in Zimbabwe. Mm-hmm. Nothing is simple, when, especially when it comes to jobs. Yeah. You know, I, I was actually speaking about it the other day that a lot of HR advice is not for black people, mm. but a lot of HR advice in Zimbabwe specifically really doesn't make sense to me. Mm. Because they'll tell you do this and do that, and we're there in 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 these environments in in the corporate sector and the arts working there, and you're like, but you know that's not how it actually works. Yeah, that's not happening, and you know you 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 can't you can't follow these rules. These rules really don't apply in Zimbabwe. So sometimes you have to chart your own course, mm-hmm. and maybe follow like one or two rules, which is chase the money. But then you have to try and chart your own course, which can be very <sighs> draining. So when you say a lot of the HR advice that's online mm. is not really suited for black people, people mm. of color, or does not apply in Zimbabwe, what are like some things that we see often that don't apply in this scenario? So that, that when you work hard, mm. you will get compensated. When, when you go to school and you do all the courses and you do all the professional development and you do everything mm. that they say you're going to do, you're going to end up in a nice job in the C-suite, mm. you know, doing this and doing that. And chances are, you're not. Mm. You really aren't. And as a black woman, I'll say, like, it's a boys club. Mm. You are really always fighting against the fact that in a lot of these really established businesses, it's a boys club. Mm. And even when they say, like, you know, if things happen, report them, or if this happens, do this, it, it really is not as linear as, as they say it is. Even, even when they're giving you advice about interviews and everything, and you're like, but a lot of times in these businesses, nepotism mm. and cronyism is what's happening, especially in, in Zimbabwe. It's a very yeah. small circle because there aren't a lot of jobs. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's a very small circle, and mm. it's who you know. Exactly. It's really, really who you know. And if you're not getting the people that are in there, it's going to be a hard slog. Can I tell you, like, 
I think it was last night I was scrolling through Instagram mm. and Tracy Ellis Ross was making one of her usual amazing speeches mm. at some talk I don't know it was a short clip and she's like just because you deserve it doesn't mean it's gonna happen oh gosh yeah and when she was just like yeah I may never win an Emmy and it's okay it doesn't mean I don't deserve it and every time she says something I'm like hold up what no you know I work hard and the return for that should be getting what I think I deserve. And that really, it's something that really bothers me. I'm not gonna lie. It's something that's like, okay, so I work hard, I went to school, I did everything the right way, ticked all the boxes, and I'm still in a position where I'm not getting everything that I need, right? Mm. And I would be lying if I said that didn't bother me. I'd be lying if I said, oh, I'm completely at peace with the idea that I might not get what I deserve. That really bothers me. Chances are you won't. Yeah. Like, you know, you'll be in a job where you should, by rights, a lot of people should be earning $3,000 and over a month. Mm. And they'll be earning $400. Yeah. And, I mean, what, what, yeah. what are you going to do about it? Yeah. And I feel like, especially as black women, even though we're living in a black society, mm. you still have so many hurdles that yeah. you have to... To go to to jump over yeah. in, in your career, mm. so no, Tracy's right. You, you're not always going to get what you deserve, and mm. you really have to reconcile yourself with that. Because mm. sometimes some people get it, some people don't, and I don't know whether there's a there's a formula. And everyone will always say, "Oh no, you have to put in this amount. You have to take these chances." Mm. But not all the time. You can take a million chances, mm. and it just won't pan out. Exactly. It really won't. Mm. Or sometimes you you just need to take a slight pivot and then all of a sudden it pans out. So nothing is actually ever certain in this country unless you're born into wild. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. you know, yeah. everything is, is going to fall into place for you. But if you're like regular Ellie from from the streets, <laughs> it's not going to be that simple. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what is the best way in your experience, in your mm. expertise, what's the best way to go about job hunting? Ooh, yeah, I remember when I was I was job hunting a few years ago, and I went to at least thirty interviews. Thirty interviews got called for an interview for each, and like I applied to to each job, got called for an interview for each job, mm-hmm. and I'd always be in the last two. But there was mm-hmm. always something. Mm-hmm. It, either they would say, "Oh, but you have too much experience." Okay, you know, you'd be taking a pay cut. You know, there's a reason why I, I applied, applied yeah. for, for this job. There's, yeah. there's things that I want that I'm seeing in this job. And, mm-hmm. you know, either that or you see, you know, your, your competition and you you can just feel from the interview panel that... I'm not picking I'm, I'm, this yeah, yeah, no, I'm not getting this. Yeah, I yeah. really am not. And it, as a woman, sometimes it can boil down to looks. Mm. I find, I've, I really found it can boil down to things like that but if you're going to be job hunting in Zimbabwe you have to prepare yourself to be to be demoralized at some point in time people aren't aren't really honest and I like to be upfront with my clients you're going to apply for a lot of jobs a lot of jobs and you might not get the, the callback that you were thinking you might not get the interview you were expecting you might not get the salary you're expecting but you have to be prepared that you're going to be very disheartened and you have to work your way around that. So if if I was job hunting now, I would look at my skills, my qualifications, and then the industry. So let's say like you're in marketing. Yeah. 
what did you study? What are you going for? What is your experience? So if you're like entry level, go for entry level jobs. If you've had, a, you know, three years of experience, I would say go for middle level to managerial. If you have five years of experience, I would then say go for senior, like marketing director jobs. Um, don't be a chancer because a lot of times they can tell and that CV is going to be put to the side and you can apply for any other job but they'll be like, ah, oh, it was that person again. So really apply for things that are suited for you. So if you, if you did like sales, um, marketing, business development, all that stuff, a business degree, you can go like marketing, you can go sales, you can go communications. Yeah. But really try and stick to your sector mm. and, and apply for every single job that you come across. Now I would say have your CV and your cover letter and a lot of people really don't take the CV seriously. They really don't. And that's, that's the first thing that you should have that's good. Mm. Now if, if your CV is not readable, if your CV doesn't speak to what you do, if your CV doesn't show that you are a, a right candidate for the job, mm. you're not going to get that call back. Mm. And a lot of times people get angry at businesses, but I am now in that position <laughs> where I am recruiting a lot yeah. and I'm finding the CV yeah. is not good. Yeah. You're, you're, not, you're, you're not telling me yeah. anything about what you did. Mm. You're not telling me anything about why I should hire you mm. or why you're better than any other candidates. You're literally telling me, like listing a bunch of qualifications, mm. and that's it. And maybe like you put your experience, the 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 way it's set out is not readable. And it's it's it sounds insane. Yeah. But the aesthetic is really important. And you don't have to have like a graphic design CV with like you know colors and everything. It can be very simple, a simple word document mm. that is just well laid out does the job immediately like when I'm going into an interview I rank people by their CV by their CV and already I will have a front runner based just on their CV yeah. I haven't even spoken to this person but I liked reading yeah their CV yeah. and and I think once once you get that down you'll be surprised because I remember when I was job hunting I, I wrote a CV and I didn't get in interest and yeah, I was like okay yeah. so let me go and tweak it a bit I tweaked yeah. it a bit and every job I applied for after that I got called for an interview like I was with a recruitment company and I had my CV in their database and they called me like I was the MVP yeah, <laughs> really like yeah. they would call me for every single interview really that okay. I applied for like yeah. literally it, it felt like I had an account executive like yeah. she would always be like do you do you want to go for this job? Yeah. And I'd be like, ah, oh, no. It's, I, I'm, I'm definitely not qualified. Even jobs that I was not qualified for, just mm. based on, on the, 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 the CV. Yeah. Mm. So take your CV seriously. Take your cover letter seriously because that is the first and possibly only impression that you can make on someone. Mm. And then interview, coaching. We don't talk about that enough. Yeah. We really don't. We'll talk about, oh, no, you know, you should do this and you should practice interviews. I know it sounds crazy. Yeah. Practice interviews by yourself in the mirror with your siblings, with your parents, with your kids. Get people to ask you questions. Learn how to answer questions. Get confident speaking about yourself. 
And I think a lot of times, especially in Zimbabwe, we are taught to, to not speak about ourselves, to not take ourselves seriously, to be humble. Yeah. I really hate humility because I feel like humility is such a problem, especially when you're job searching, because I want you to sell yourself to me. Yeah. I want you to, to come in. I want you to be brilliant. I want you to be dazzling. I want you to sell yourself. Make me believe. They believe you say, mm. as, as we say, mm. you know. So you really have to get confident with, mm. with the interviews, with the interview setups, and study the company, the business that you're going to. Yeah. Like, I think recently we had a round of interviews, and we were interviewing all day. And I think we had 13 or 14 people that we shortlisted. And out of those 14 people, only two people were able to, to correctly speak about the company, the company and do. the product. Mm. And the job was in, in, in customer service. How are you going to then explain... If you don't know. ...to people what we do, if, mm. if you can't explain to me what we do? Mm. And even if we tried to help them... Yeah. It, it didn't work because yeah. where I work, you know, we're a small company and I find we're not as rigid mm -hmm. with the interviews mm -hmm. and we would try to help them, but it's still... It didn't help at all. It didn't all. help like at all. Yeah, yeah. intervention. No, yeah. no. Even, yeah. if, even, even if you intervened, it didn't help. So really, 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 really prepare yourself for mm -hmm. interviews. Take that seriously. So take your CV seriously. Take your interview seriously. And people hate this and people will be like, oh, I can't afford it. If you can't do it, Pay someone. Mm. Pay someone for the coaching. Pay someone for the CV writing. Guys, there are people out there who will write a smashing CV for you and you will never have a, a, an issue in your life. There are people out there who will coach you like how, how to answer questions, how to come across in an interview, how to dress. Like, put the money into that because the benefits yeah. will definitely outweigh that that small, small investment yeah. that you put. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, it's really about being the best person possible. It, the company has to believe that you're the best you're person. You're the best person. You're possible. the best and only option. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And also another thing is professional development, personal mm -hmm. development. So do those little courses. Even if they're free, do them. Learn another skill. Show, show people that you have initiative. You might not have experience, but okay, you. I see you've done a little bit of graphic design. Okay, that's that's, that's good. That's yeah. good. That shows that you know you have initiative, and you know there's a lot of free courses mm. on Coursera, YouTube University, even. Yeah. It doesn't matter where you got that skill, you can put it on your CV, and it will help you stand out. Mm. So that those are some things that I think can really help you with the job hunt. Yeah. So once you start applying, keep a list of where you've applied. Mm. Now the follow-up. <laughs> the follow-up is important. Yeah. So a lot of people don't follow up, or if they do, they're rude. So I would say follow-up. If you haven't heard back, follow-up after a week. Mm. Because sometimes people get busy. Like There are times when we'll say, okay, We've put out an ad and we're going to interview it this time and then things just Get happen out, yeah. and they go out of control and you only interview a month later. Mm. So do a follow-up and find out. Don't, don't call. Yeah. Don't call. Don't call. Yeah. Send an email because yeah. people are busy. Are busy, And right. I, I understand because I've been on the other side and mm. you'll get frustrated that people aren't answering calls. Yeah. 
people are busy, guys. Generally, mm. especially in Zimbabwe, there's mm. not enough people at a lot of these businesses. Yeah. We're doing multiple yeah. things. Mm. I don't have time to get on a, on a call and explain to you that this is what is happening in mm. my life right now. Mm. Send an email. If, if they respond, great. If they don't, they've probably seen it. And maybe, you know, it's jogged their memory. Yeah. So be polite. It yeah. just, you know, just, I, hi, how are you? I'm yeah. just following up. Um, yeah. I wanted to find out if, you know, you had chosen your candidates yet. None of these where, you know, you follow the person on LinkedIn and then you, you miss Oh, you miss yeah. them. You call them. You, you call bombard them. Yeah. them like five times. Yeah. A person goes from being interested to, to being like, what's the nature of this person? Yeah, no, yeah. I'm, I'm fed up. Yeah. So there's a thing, you know, there is such a thing as being overzealous mm. so don't be too pushy yeah. and even after you had an interview follow up just the same way i've said send an email say you know ask about it or even send a thank you that's one thing none of the candidates that we have interviewed have ever done sending a thank you sending a thank you yeah. and i if someone sent me a thank you email i guarantee i would remember you. i would remember you yeah and either if you don't get the job then next round i'm going to remember you so you know it's, it's, it can be those little things that make a difference i have a little story time mm. um i have interviewed for i interviewed for a job and i think i did well in the interview mm. and they were they were talking they already started about like recruitment salary expectations mm. everything and i felt really good about it and then they told me they would get back to me in a week. Um, and the week passed, and then I sent an email. Well, after the interview, I did send a thank you. Mm. Um, and then I sent, uh, the week passed, so I sent an email thinking like, hey, mm. um, you know, you, I, you had said you were going to follow up, all of that kind of stuff. I just want to know if there's any progress or mm. when I'd be hearing back. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, we'll get back to you as soon as possible. Again, sounding very recruity. It's like we're just talking to the home office, all of that kind of stuff, mm. right? And then two weeks passed, and I was like, okay, should I let this go, or should I follow up? Mm. And I asked a number of people, and they're like, no, I think you can just like let it go. But I also find being on the other side of the recruitment process, mm. when you don't hear anything back, it's pretty disheartening because you're like, okay, is it because you didn't like me, the space was filled, or which one is it? But it also kind of puts a bit of a damper for me on the company as well. Yeah. Because you're like, okay, so do I want to work for the kind of place that wouldn't even send a rejection, wouldn't be considered enough to send a rejection email, you know? I think one of the things that we don't talk about often enough is that recruitment agents are, are human. Mm. And, I mean, I, I hate the fact that people won't send rejections, but I've been guilty of that. Yeah. And I think sometimes you really don't want to talk to the person and tell them oh. that you know you didn't get the job yeah. because you can see how important it was yeah. and then at the same time you can have like a crazy workload and you will be like well intending and you will say I will respond to this and then you go into your email and you have like 300 messages in your inbox exactly. and you're like oh I'll do that later and then that later turns into three months four months mm-hmm. into like by the time you get to it mm-hmm. it's too late mm-hmm. so but then there's just some people are asshole <laughs> And don't care. Yeah. So I, I'm really trying now, like, to tell people, like, no, I'm really sorry. So I, I promised myself that for the next year, because it's my birthday in a week's time, I was oh, like, nice. um, every single person I talk to, uh, I interview, 
if it's a rejection, I'm going to tell them and I'm going to tell them yeah. why. why. Why? Yes, I, yeah. I think it's only yeah. that's I can't do a lot of good. But mm. if I can tell you that this is where you went wrong, maybe I can prepare you for Another your, your next, next interview. interview. So I was like, okay, you know, that, that's the good deed that I'm going to do for the for the year because mm-hmm. I've been really poor that this year and I feel so bad. But it's just been one of those years where I was trying to adjust into a new role, into a new city, and I'm like, oh, oh, this is what people go to when they don't respond to email, exactly. You know, so being on the other side now, I'm like, oh, damn. Okay, sometimes I. I understand, and yeah. sometimes I'm like, but still, no, yeah. it's it, it's complicated, mm. and I wish I had the right answer for yeah. that, but I don't. Some people will be scared to say See, that you yeah. got rejected. Some people just they're not bothered. You didn't mm. get the job, and mm. it's not their problem. Oh, yeah, and some people just procrastinate, like I mean, <laughs> and then until it's like four months later, and you're like, oh my oh, god, yeah, I haven't responded. I haven't responded to this person. Yeah. Let me just delete email from the inbox oh it's terrible i'm terrible okay wow yeah (laughs) yeah so in our environment because Mm. there are not a lot of jobs we're all fighting for similar jobs Mm. with good stuff if you're in a position and Mm. you're not being compensated well you're not getting like you don't have a high salary Mm. what would you say is the best way to manage working in a toxic environment there is no best way. Yeah. I think we, you just have to grit your teeth. You really just have to look at your life and assess is if you leave this job, how will it impact your life? Or start applying for other jobs. There really isn't a best way to manage a toxic environment. There's, you, there's no winning. Mm. In a toxic environment, you can't win. You can't pray your way out of it. You can't meditate your way out of it. You can't be patient your way out of it there's really no way to navigate you've got to just leave or stay so at the end of the day you have to really assess your life and see okay do you have options if you have options apply for other jobs or leave if you don't have options grit your teeth unfortunately living in Zimbabwe is is, 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 it's a very unfair environment Mm. and a lot of people a lot of people are in toxic environments where, you know, the, the, the bosses feel that they've done you a favor. Mm. And there's, there was one person who used to say to his employees, there are 90 people who applied for your job. If you want to leave, go. I love that. Can I tell you, mm. I love that piece of advice because I've always been a big believer in you can't think your way out of a bad situation. You mm. can't perspective shift your way out of a bad situation and having experienced toxic work environments myself it's it's tough because you can do all the psyching up you can do all the you know mental exercises like what you're saying mm. the meditating the doing stuff on the side but it doesn't take away from the fact that you spend about 60% of your time at work or thinking about work or doing all of that kind of stuff so when you're in a bad environment I really appreciate you saying just like your just bite down do it because a lot of the time when you read the advice online where I'm like okay this person obviously is not writing for me no because they're like oh no take a hike go do this I'm like I can't afford to take a hike which is why I'm in this situation (laughs) really like (laughs) you know I, I it's so hard to even do recreational activities here so managing 
a tough or toxic environment does become it becomes hard. And people will tell you, oh no, speak to HR, speak to I will tell you speaking to HR is never a good idea. And I I like to be honest with people. And mm. you know, some people might not appreciate it. Mm. Speaking to HR is never a good idea. HR is not your friend. Yeah. HR is in place mm. to protect the company against you. you not the other way around. <laughs> not the other way around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So people this is why I said it, the advice that's given because they're like, oh no, mediation, have a talk to the boss, let them know that you're. I swear, if your boss is toxic, there's no, there's nothing you can say to that person that's going to make a situation easy. In fact, you'll only make it worse. Yeah. You're either they're now seeing you as competition or they're now seeing you as a problem, and they will manage you out. They will manage, they will manage you, you out. I feel like that's a common practice here in Zip. Like, no one's getting fired or anything. You're just getting sort of forced out. Yeah. Like, you're making the decision to get out. Yeah. They will make sure that you, they won't fire you because, mm. you know, legal stuff. Exactly. They, will ma- they will make that environment even more difficult for you. So, unfortunately, either grit your teeth or leave. And leaving, you either have to leave and stay at home or leave and go in another, another job. job. And that's another thing. When you're applying on your CV, your references, don't put your current job. Mm. And I've, everyone does that. Don't put your current job unless you know for a fact that they're going to give you a good, repeat, a good recommendation. Like, recommendation. Yeah. I can't tell you the number of times that people have gotten bad recommendations on good businesses or good people or people they, they relied on. Yeah. And the, the people are like, no. Yeah. no, they're not good enough. Yeah, you people underestimate the jealousy. Mm. Um, people underestimate the bad vibes that people have. Mm. Um, don't put your current job. Really, really think think about it. Uh, I I have never actually looked at Steve and said oh, I want to speak to the current employer. I don't care. So with that in mind, that it's either you stay or go, mm. and there's nothing you can do to get out of it. Do you think there is? room for mental health affirming practices in the corporate workspace mm. in this economy? There should be. I feel we don't take mental health seriously enough at work. And I think that's one thing I love about my workplaces. Even though we don't have mental health days, if you're actually feeling off that day and yeah. you say to your boss, I can't come in today, you'll be okay with that. Safe, yeah. So I, I feel like the younger generation, especially the ones who have lived abroad and worked abroad, have better practices yeah. than the ones who have grown in Zimbabwe, who have lived yeah. in Zimbabwe and worked in Zimbabwe all their lives. Ex- you know that conversation that was on Tina about exposure? Yes. That applies to the corporate sector yeah. as well. <laughs> so um, if people aren't exposed to, to, to mental health and the impact it can have, on an employee and their performance, they they don't care, mm. and they don't see the value of mental health days. They don't see the value of creating a space where employees are valued. They don't see the value of creating open communication so you can understand your employees' issues because everyone has something that they're going through. Every single person. You have people with marital problems, relationship problems, children problems, mm-hmm. or just mental wellness problems. Yeah. And there is no space to talk about that here. And I feel like that should be one of the biggest things, in, especially in Zimbabwe, that we talk about. Because a lot of people, a lot of people are managing their jobs with alcohol. 
people go to work, hate the work, go home and drink. Mm-hmm. Hate the work, go out and drink. Mm-hmm. People are drinking or people are working. People are abusing substances or people are working. And we don't talk about that enough in the mm-hmm. corporate sector. We don't offer packages. We don't bring in counselors. We don't, we don't do that. And I think there's, there's real room for that. There's real room for you to bring in a, a, a therapist mm-hmm. or a counselor you know, to have people go there twice a week. And people will say, oh, the budget, companies have, companies can afford it. If you can afford to buy a Land Cruiser or a car for the boss, you really can afford to bring in a therapist mm. to, to work with your team. Mm. Some issues that teams have can really be fixed just with the, with the mental wellness. Mm. And for the, for the affirming part, oh, I wish our bosses affirmed us more. Yeah. Because a lot of times you're swimming against the tide. Mm. You really don't know whether you're doing the right thing. And just to have someone pull you aside and say, you're doing you a great job, job yeah. is, is, is such a boost. It's such an amazing thing. Like, I remember last week I had, like, a full-on mental breakdown, like, cried when someone told me that I had done a good job on something. I was like, no, I'm a... You know, yeah, strong person, person. and I'm, yeah. but just to hear someone say yeah. that you did a good job, it made all the difference for me that way. Yeah. Like it made me want to go harder, want to push harder, want to explore, experiment more because I know that this person is appreciating my efforts and they they trust what I'm doing is is beneficial. So it's it's. There's a lot of room for a lot of changes mm. in, in, in Zimbabwe, but I don't know whether the people are equipped mm. to bring that. Yeah. And, and changing a culture in a company is so hard. It is really, really hard. And it really surprises me that we don't have culture consultants. I've never heard of that. <laughs> a culture I feel, consultant. I feel like in Zimbabwe, there's a need yeah. for culture consultants mm. because a lot of times especially like I write CVs in my spare time I work with clients help them find jobs they leave because of culture you think it's because of money they're leaving because of the culture now if your culture is bad and you're being paid poorly you're going to leave if your culture is bad and you're being paid well people are going to leave Yeah. culture is such a huge thing and we're not setting a right culture so these businesses are there they're not bringing in someone to look at how they're treating employees how employees are treating each other because it's not just management it's how we're treating each, each other, other in, in, in the day-to-day yeah. yeah no one's coming and saying okay i really feel like you could benefit from doing this or doing that they're going to team building experts okay what 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 are you going to build a team that's not yeah. No matter what you do with the team building expert, as long as your culture is set to mm. toxicity, is set to not affirming your employees, is there to break down people mentally, there's yeah. no way you can team build your way out of that. I, I get that. I get that. Because I have a friend mm. who has a job, a friend. Mm. Mm. Um, and they, it's a difficult environment. Mm. And they um. Their boss will do stuff like keep them all night doing work and then they'll send something out and then the next day the boss will be like, oh, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. And I'm like, well, if people spent all night looking at the document over and over, didn't get a chance to rest, didn't get a chance to take a break, 
and you still expect perfection, not just excellence, but perfection. But they're also not getting breaks. They're also working late nights. You're not being considerate of their time, their energy, all of that kind of stuff. I feel like I don't know if, and I know it might not just be a Zimbabwean thing, but it's like what you're saying about an older generation where they're just like, well, what are you guys doing, you know? Even if you are, I mean, I'm single and I live at home, but I need to rest. I need a break. I'm also going through things. They might not be, I might not be responsible for a household or a family, but things weigh heavily on me. And sometimes I need a break from that. And I feel like here in this environment, people will be like, oh, but like you live at home, for example, you know, you live with your parents, you don't pay that many bills you actually have no worries actually you being in this job is such a privilege you know and it's like okay but it's great but if the environment is toxic the humanity the, in, 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 in the corporate sector in, in, in not even the corporate sector in a lot of workplaces in Zimbabwe mm. it's just not there mm. um, we talk about our culture and mm. you know we are, we are black we are African you know that even if someone is single mm. there yeah. are expectations on that yeah. person but somehow when you're now at work people tend to forget that yeah. that there are funerals mm-hmm. to attend mm-hmm. there's weddings there's things you have to do this yeah. when you get home you're the, you're the daughter yeah even if your parents have been home all day you're going to cook. They're gonna cook. Yeah, you're going to cook. You're going to cook. Guests are going to come. You're not going to be like, oh, but I have work tomorrow. Yeah. I'm going to bed. I have something to... They, they don't understand Stand that. Mm-hmm. And I, I find that so weird that we are, especially in Zimbabwe, where it's a really homogenous, you know, people at work, it's black people, generally, that we're not understanding of that, that, you know, these yeah. things are happening to people, whether they're single, whether they're married there's all these expectations on them outside of work yeah. and you know it's balancing we expect people to be perfect yeah we expect people to be always there mm-hmm. but our culture doesn't understand that so yeah how do we reconcile that yeah. and i think there's a lot of room for improvement mm. in 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 that whole you know mental wellness culture there's a lot of room for improvement but do you want to exactly and i think like in Zimbabwe, especially where you get these newer companies mm. um, that want to be like, oh, we want to give like first world standards and everything. Like in the legal sector, for example, you get a lot of firms that are like, no, we want to meet like the global standard. We want to like, you know, be doing multinational transactions and everything. Um, we want, you know, local companies not to have to go to the big firm in England or mm. not to have to go for like an energy specialist. And I'm like, yeah, but you know that big firm in England has like, proofreaders and copywriters and paralegals you have a team of five people here doing everything you know we don't have the same resources we don't if the internet shuts down which happens often if there's no electricity if i'm late for work because of the really horrible road network that we have those are all factors that people who are living in the same city tend to conveniently forget when it comes to work but we're all having the same struggle that's not my problem and that, yeah. that's what they'll tell you that's not and my, my problem. problem yeah it is though your problem because you know i i can't do I it i can't do it yeah and i think a lot of times a lot of businesses want global standards yeah. in terms of performance without providing global standards in terms of benefits in terms of culture yeah why don't i have a cafeteria at work 
I, why I have to go why don't I get lunch? Yeah, I have to go buy lunch that's taking time out then come eat it now I have to scarf it down at my desk I'm not getting the chance to go sit and eat my lunch and take my lunch break mentally I need that hour to decompress and then come back and power through the afternoon yeah. or into a late night no I don't have that or you do understand I'm waking up early to now make lunch for mm. myself or sleeping late yeah. to make that lunch okay that's already a, a problem there that other national, multinational firm in the UK has leave benefits, maternity benefits, has daycare, has mental wellness and affirmation. So you want global standards that way. Why aren't you bringing those global standards here? In terms, I, mean, I saw this one video from a person who's an associate, like mm. my at my level of work. Yeah, and he was talking about like how a typical day, and he said he decided to stay in late mm. um, to work late. Mm. And when I, I, I mean, I don't willfully choose to stay late at work, but mm. the times when I do have to stay late, it's like a, like I have to think a lot. He's like, no, I'm going to order dinner because our firm has an app where you can just order food and they pay for it and you just go pick it up and eat it. And I'm like, you know, I would definitely stay late if there was not even an app. If someone could just bring me food and I don't have to think about what I'm going to eat I don't have to worry about it. That would be... It's not coming out of my salary, my small, small salary. My my tiny salary. It would make the world of a difference. And it's those little things that I find like, you know... What is what is what is happening? They can afford it. They can afford to do some of these things for the yeah. employees, and they just choose not to. What are, what are you going to lose by letting someone have a day off? What are you going to lose by letting someone come in a little bit late? What what's going to they they're gonna give you their work? Yeah. That same day they just came in later. You're calling people. You're telling people to, to do this, to do that. But people, we are humans. We are all humans. And I feel like at some level, people forget their humanity mm. as they rise through a company. Exactly. And it's just like, oh my gosh, you know. Yeah. And I, especially with men. Mm. Men never seem to understand, see, especially in senior levels, that what women have to do. Mm. They're married women. The husband is still expecting to cook. The kids still have homework. Yeah. This is happening. That is happening. For church, there's obligations. And men will just be like, well, I don't understand. Yeah. Culturally... Culturally. You know, women yeah. have a, a, a bigger workload. Yeah. So I would hope that, you know, you would be understanding. But a lot of, a lot of times, they're not. So I find, like, now I'm thinking about setting up my own business. And I'm like, okay, I won't be able to pay people, you know, on the level, like, where Delta will pay people. Mm-hmm. But I can try and have the benefits that people need that make the working environment you know, really good that people will want to stay where 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 I am with culture. my yeah, it's a good culture. And a lot of people don't don't think about that. They're gonna give you a bad culture, bad remuneration. And then when you're like, I'm not putting up with this, they're like, I'm grateful. So ungrateful. Or why you exactly. exactly. So or there are ninety people who applied for your job. You know, yeah. so there's a lot of issues mm. I find in, in Zimbabwe. Which could be easily solved with simple things, but people, and I think right now it's it's willfully choosing mm. to not. They don't care. Yeah. They don't have to care because there's no competition. Yeah. They don't have to care because you know it's not an issue. But as people continue to leave, they're going to start caring. Exactly. Yeah. As as, as long as the brain drain continues. The green start caring, and the thing is, I always, uh, you're making an X amount of profits a year. You could probably make more 
if your employees were were, were, were committed 100% yeah. to making the company better. better. Yeah. But they're not because, you know. You, you've shown that I'm not that important or I don't feel that important. So you're making that amount and you're perfectly happy with that, but you could probably be like yeah. a huge company that's operating in different countries. Yeah. But because of how you treat your employees, you're operating out of them. Yeah. And that's that. Interesting. Yeah. And in your experience, how important is networking? <sighs> networking. Because one thing I struggle is if I'm already a bit of an awkward person, let's start there. And I struggle to find the balance between making genuine connections mm. and making strategic connections. Oh, yeah. Like you, you're, you're going to get something out of the relationship, oh, yeah. right? And even like on LinkedIn or where I've interned or worked or doing whatever, and you make connections with people who are quite influential, and <laughs> you make it known that I'm looking for a new job, mm. but not much comes out of it. I just, I personally, I think it's also just a question for me personally. How do you go about like making those strategic connections, using them to the to the most effective way to get yourself in a new position? I think, uh, man, everyone always says, "Oh, like network." People don't realize a lot of us struggle. Like I'm terrible with small talk. I am, um, you know, people will see me online and be like, "Oh my god!" But in in person, I'm I'm I'm. Stumbling and I'm struggling yeah. to find a connection with you. Mm. And I find in our culture, introverted people. There's no room for it. There's no room for, no. for quiet people. There's no room for people with with who are, what's the word? Neurodivergent. Yes. Mm. There's no room for And a lot of people are neurodivergent. Just because we don't discuss it in our, in our culture yeah. does not mean that a lot of people aren't. So with networking... I I don't think there's actually a one-stop solution, especially in in Zimbabwe. I think it's just a matter of getting out there, of talking to people, really trying to make those connections. Some will land, some some will miss. Like I've had people where I thought, oh no, I've built, like you said, this great connection. And then you find like nothing comes out of it, or a potential mentor, and you find like nothing comes out of it. And I guess, yeah, people are busy, people have, have their own issues. But, yeah, I think put yourself out there, talk to people, follow up, send that email, thank you for meeting me, I made that, like, I decided to have a practice, now because I've been going to all these conferences where when I collect the card, I'll wait, like, let's say I met someone on, on a, at a conference on a Thursday or Friday, I'll wait until the Monday, mm. then I'll send an email, and I'll be like, oh, it was great meeting you, I hope that we can connect or work further in some capacity, and then leave it at that and I find it's, it's actually been helpful to do it like that because people will be like oh hey how are you oh wow yeah it's, it was a great time and you know some things have started to come out of that so I when you're speaking to someone sometimes I find some people just don't want to talk to you don't force it mm. don't don't just yeah. leave let yeah. them be because I've been in situations where you know you're talking to some important CEO exactly and they have no interest yeah they're just leave there it. shaking hands because sometimes we think that networking means that you have to network with the CEO mm. network with someone who's in the same position as you network with someone who's slightly above you network with someone who has a position that's lower than you you actually never know where your your next job, your next idea, your next opportunity 
is going to come from. And a lot of times it's not going to come from that CEO. Mm. It really is. And I think that is a big mistake that we make is that we tend to focus on networking being with top level. Yeah. And they really don't. They don't have time for you. They yeah. want to network amongst themselves. themselves. So, right. yeah. Right. So, network at, at, across at your level. Yeah. And you'll find that those people will lift each other up. Yeah. You, you lift each other. You rise together. And, and that's how I found that, you know, for me, networking has improved because I realized that, yeah, you know, even though I'm a marketing manager, the, the, the CEO of Delta doesn't want to talk to me. Mm. <laughs> I'm a marketing manager at a small company. Yeah. That means nothing to, to this person. Yeah. So why should I waste my, my time with them? So yeah. I'm going to go to a, a marketing representative or a salesperson, talk to that person. Yeah. You never know because they'll be like, oh, no, I had this idea. That is a yeah, big mistake we make. Mistake. It's, it's, yeah. And those people at the top, they don't have time. They mm. PA. Network with their PA. <laughs> No, seriously. Yes, yes. People, people overlook the PA who's standing there. Right there. Right yeah. there. Who's standing there with the CEO who's got the, the notes, who has the schedule, who has the, the calendar. calendar. And will go straight to the CEO, whereas Maggie, who's right there, is, is the one who can open that door to you. Because Maggie yeah. talks to, to Tendai's PA, who talks to exactly. Max's PA, yeah. and will tell you that there's a job and they'll put your, your CV on in. top. Exactly. Yeah. So a lot of times, I think that's where we make the mistake is that we're talking network up, not network across. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or network down. Yeah. I think in Zimbabwe, as young Zimbabweans, we're also taught to be like humble and like to humble yourself. So even when you're networking, you come like, oh, I'm just a lonely, you know, anyone who's above me. And because you're looking oh, yeah. down on yourself, oh, yeah. you're looking up at people. Oh, yeah. And because you're already not rating where you're at, looking next to you, looking oh, yeah. horizontally, looking below you, it's not really much of an option. Oh, yeah. Because you already don't have the highest, or you've been conditioned to not look at yourself as being oh, yeah. influential in any way. Oh, yeah. So you're not going to look at people in the same position as you as being influential. And I think that's where what you're saying about culture really plays a limiting role in the mm. way we view like job hunting and the oh, way yeah. we view networking oh, because yeah. you're told to even if I for example was to become a CEO I'd be reminded that like I'm a woman I'm a this I'm a this and I need to humble myself I can't be too out there I can't be too mm. you know braggy or too vocal oh, about yeah. my accomplishments oh, yeah. and so anyone who has the same accomplishments I would be like Okay, and what's so special about you? Exactly. And I think another thing that we have is we, we tend to forget that these people are humans. Because mm. in the same way that maybe you're struggling with interaction, they might also... Be just because the person is a CEO, yeah. it doesn't mean that they are like great at speaking mm. to other people. Because I find a lot of people are numbers people. And we tend to forget numbers people are not, are not very talkative. <laughs> they're not very... They're not good yeah. with people at yeah. all. And sometimes you can take you know, doing a little bit of research. Like, I know there's this one CEO who's a Liverpool fan, and we met at a conference. And I'm a Liverpool fan, yes. and that's how I, I spoke to him on that level of, oh, you're a Liverpool fan, I'm a Liverpool fan. So, you know, the conversation started off dead. Mm. But the moment I brought up the Liverpool aspect of it, yeah. we had a really yeah. nice chat. Yeah. And I'm sure nothing will come out of it, but I'm sure if I meet that person again, they'll be like, yeah, they'll be like, ah, you know, the Liverpool supporter. Mm. So it's, it's, it's little things like that, that, you know, network across, network down, try and find out before you go to a conference. Like, say, okay, like I knew when I went to this conference, I wanted to speak to so-and-so, so-and-so, and so-and-so. I don't, you have to be a little bit like Joe in you, mm. a little bit stalkery. A little bit stalkery. <laughs> yeah. 
and position yourself, yeah. you know, in a way where you're gonna talk to yeah. these people. Yeah. But if you know that I want to talk, let's say you want to talk to Ellie. Ellie's a Liverpool supporter. Bring up Liverpool. I will talk to you for hours. Yes. About Liverpool. About Liverpool. You yeah. know, you, you 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 hear that someone has studied this, you've studied the same thing, or you want to study that thing. Ask them about it. Bring it up. So it's it's those things, yeah. those little tricks that can sometimes help. But I always say like networking, I don't think there's a real solid answer because it's human interaction. Yeah. And human interaction is too human. It can it, there's no set way that it's going to go. Yeah. So you're going to win some, you're going to lose some. Don't let the ones that you lose bother you. Focus on the ones exactly. that you win. That you win. Yeah. No, that's great. Yeah. That's great. And I guess my last question mm. for you is, what does the future of job searches look like to you in this economy? Remote work. Remote work. Remote work. And I really want people to open themselves up to remote work. And open themselves up now while we still can because you know things always change yeah. in this country. Yeah. So go online, go on the remote.co, we work remotely and apply for those jobs. There are Zimbabweans who are working remotely and making good money because they're working remotely. Ask people how they get paid. Ask people about taxes, how they pay their taxes. Because don't put yourself in a position where you're going to get dinged exactly. by Zimra. Because Zimra will definitely ding you. Yeah. But remote work. There's remote work for accountants, remote work for teachers, remote work for doctors, remote work for nurses. There, there are nurses who are here working, working remotely. There, there's a job for everyone yeah. remotely. Yeah. There, there's nothing that you can't do online. Mm. You can instruct, you can write, you can talk to people, you can talk to people in China all day. Yeah. Just advising them on how, how to, to, to sit on the TV. Exactly. There, there's something for everyone. Mm. So remote work. Um, I think it's really a problem that we don't have a good um, internet system. Yeah. Yeah. That, that can be a real stumbling yeah. block. But we do have, like, if you look in Harare, mm. we have co-working spaces. Mm. Mm. And it's like twenty dollars a month. Yeah. And you know you've got somewhere where there's so network, there's yeah. electricity. Mm. Find a cafe, go buy a bottle of water. Yeah. And just and just sit there. Yeah. You know you you've got to make a plan for that first month mm. that you know you're working, and then after you get that first thousand mm. dollars, then you can you can make the plan. Can make a plan. Yeah. Exactly. But remote work, guys, and with remote work again, your CV. <laughs> your CV, your cover letter, your interview skills, because it's nothing like the in job. Person, yeah, yeah, it's nothing like the job application in Zimbabwe. Yeah. You can go through multiple rounds of, of interviews. interviews. You can yeah. write tests. So it's another thing that you have to to make sure that everything you have is good. But the future of job hunting in Zimbabwe is remote work. It's, remote work, yeah. it's definitely remote work. It's it's. I would say to everyone, and with remote work, you don't even have to supplement it. Yeah. You, you, you will can. earn enough mm. to do everything you need to do mm-hmm. with that in, in that eight hour job that you're getting that you're getting paid for remotely. So mm. I would say pivot. If you're not finding a job in Zimbabwe, pivot. Mm. Look remotely. You'd mm. be surprised. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I love that. That's good, solid, practical advice. Yeah. I I really appreciate that a lot. <laughs> um, so thank you so much for joining oh, us. Oh, thank you for having me. I really enjoyed this conversation. Me too. I really appreciate your candor mm. and just how straight to the point, <laughs> practical your advice is. Mm. Like I I really appreciate it. Do you have any last words for the people? Um, I would say, guys, apply for the jobs. Mm. Apply, apply, apply. Don't give up. 
it's really easy to give up but keep on applying yeah. something is going to land one day and like i said if, if it's not working in zim apply remotely yeah. you'd be surprised yeah you know you will get that job that you want and that's all i'm going to say and that is the episode a huge thank you and shout out once again to my phenomenal guest ellie this episode was actually the first time we've ever met in person but we had been interacting consistently like online and virtually she was helping me with like my professional profile my career development setting goals and you know just letting me know what's out there in the world you know and the options that are there because you know as a typical millennial i feel like you're never really satisfied you know this capitalist corporate rat race thing isn't really quite fitting <laughs> with this generation like i you know feel there's a need to have a job i'd really like to experience a job that feeds you know into me as a person but also putting some kind of great output into the world i don't know if that's lofty i don't know if that's aspirational or too aspirational if i should let that go but listening back and editing this episode i was just like yo i'm not gonna give up <laughs> you know chasing the dream um whatever that looks like whatever that may be and i hope you got some inspiration too going into the new year if you are on the job hunt if you are looking to pivot a career shift i don't know anything get out of a toxic work environment figure out how best to navigate a toxic work environment which we've learned there's no navigation it's either you're in or you're out but <laughs> whatever you're going to do um of course wishing you the best of luck with that and you know godspeed on that journey um and wherever you're at like i just hope you got something out of the episode i really love your engagement your feedback shout out to the last episode was so well received and I just want to thank each and every person who took the time to DM, message, send a voice note, share their perspective and everything. I just appreciate any and all engagement and interaction. So thank you so much for your continued support of the platform. Once again, do not forget to follow us on social media at In This Economy Podcast on Instagram. Follow me, your host, at Kim Yajeka on Twitter. And as always, let's keep the conversation going. So until next week. As we are on a streak now. <laughs> Two episodes. We are on a streak now. Um, I will catch you next week. <laughs>